For today's program, the third during my self-designated National Pigeon Week celebrating Rosemary Moscow's wonderful new book, A Pocket Guide to Pigeon Watching, I asked Rosemary about how pigeons are a major part of human history going all the way back to the Neanderthals. Yeah, the Neanderthals were eating tons of pigeons, like tons and tons and tons of pigeons. Um, And explain how you know that. (laughs) Oh, I believe they've found bones of pigeons that were, I think, cut and maybe burned. And I'm trying to, I think it was about 40,000 years ago that we know that they were consuming pigeons. Although it's hard to say exactly the relationship of humans and Neanderthals and all sorts of different ancient relatives to pigeons, because we're going back to a time before recorded history. So pigeons were domesticated kind of before or around when we developed writing. And so we're missing a lot. We have to piece a lot of it together from things like bones and, you know, archaeological remains and such. So I really want to go back in time and watch that play out because there's so many questions that I have. Rosemary noted that domestication took place in the Fertile Crescent. When I say pigeons, I mean those rock doves, you know, because there are a lot of other really cool pigeon species, like you mentioned, like the dodo. But pigeons were native to sort of parts of Europe and parts of Asia and parts of um, Northern Africa. We're not totally sure because the feral ones have kind of taken over so much territory. So that was the pigeons, you know, native range overlapped. And that was also when agriculture was developing and pigeons really like to eat grain. So it was sort of a no brainer that the pigeons were hanging out and eating our grain. And then we were like, hey, these things are tasty. Let's put out some more grain. And that was how the relationship kind of developed. I asked Rosemary other ways pigeons have been useful to people. This is this this is the really interesting thing is pigeons are really really useful. It's easy to go, "Oh, we domesticated, you know, the cat to keep our reflexes sharp by batting glasses off of our tables, but also eat our mice." And there's reasons we, you know, domesticated the dog or the horse. But pigeons, because we don't use them for a lot of those purposes anymore, it's hard to remember. Although, you know, they're still used, for example, for food in a lot of the world. If you go to Egypt, you'll eat a really fancy dish that, you know, that's made of pigeon, for example. And there's places in France where you'll get fancy squab and so on. So we were eating them. Like I said, we were using them for for poop. So lots of areas in the Middle East, you know, where the soil was not necessarily the most fertile, they would just put pigeon poop all over the place and and they would use them for that. And then we started using them for all sorts of really interesting things like racing them and for, you know, companionship and for, you know, there are pigeon shows like a dog show where you show off a fancy breed and even just more esoteric uses. Like in parts of Asia, you'll strap what's called a pigeon whistle onto a pigeon. And when they fly, they'll make this beautiful sound. And these whistles have to be incredibly light so the pigeons can fly. And so they're also, you know, art and music. So anything you can think of, really, we've put pigeons to that use. I did not know that Reuters, the news service, was originally tied to pigeons. I asked Rosemary to talk about that. Oh, right, right. So Reuter, the original Reuter, was a fellow who made his name on the back of pigeons, essentially. So the telegraph was being rolled out at the time, and it was 
revolutionizing communication, but you had to put these cables. And so there were definitely places where you couldn't have, where the lines hadn't reached yet. And so Reuter made all of his money by identifying this one particular spot where there weren't lines passing through, where he could fill this gap in news by passing pigeons back and forth. And it, and the gap only stayed open for a couple of years, but he really made his name and a whole bunch of money on this one particular period of, of you know, passing pigeons back and forth. In the book, Rosemary called that the start of the pigeon internet, a pun I badly wish I'd come up with first. Rosemary and I also talked about some fascinating elements of pigeon biology, which I'll focus on next time. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.